Well, uh, hi everyone. Welcome to this uh, quick podcast on uh, investigative news writing. This will be uh, our lecture. Right, uh, I'll be sending the PowerPoint in as well so that you can refer to it as you listen to the podcast of this lecture itself. Uh, I'm using this particular method because it is to try and help you manage your data plans so that you can listen when you have sufficient data or when you have a good uh, Wi-Fi uh, connection. Uh, this also allows us more time to actually discuss uh, the Brita campus and uh, various things that we need to look at uh, during our lecture time. So first and foremost, after you have listened to the podcast, uh, after you have looked through the notes, you can write down any questions that you may have and uh, you can uh, ask it uh, during the uh, WhatsApp group discussion that we have uh, during lecture time. Okay, so uh, if you already have uh, the notes with you, okay, so let's uh, get started. So first and foremost, let's look at the definition itself. What is investigative journalism? Now, according to UNESCO, investigative journalism is basically unveiling of matters that are concealed, either deliberately by someone in a position of power or accidentally behind a chaotic mess of facts and circumstances and the analysis and exposure of all relevant facts to the public. So basically, investigative journalism is a branch of journalism where we look into matters that uh, involve uh, these abuses in power, uh, that it can be something that is uh, structured, that we uh, design an investigation into this particular issue, or it can be something by accident, when there's an anonymous tip, or somebody may have uh, put something up, or given us some information to show that, hey, there's something happening here. And then we go and then we find out that, oh, actually there's something going on. Okay, So investigative journalism is, uh, requires a lot of effort, requires a lot of analysis, uh, requires to look at a lot, a lot of different facts. Okay, uh, A good resource that I can encourage you to just download and have a read is uh, the Global Investigative Journalism Casebook uh, by UNESCO. All right? This is open access, so it's available, you can download it. Uh, what this does is that this casebook has a list of various uh, investigative journalisms done in around the world. It is slightly dated. This is in 2012, but the, it has a very good compilation uh, that I believe can provide you a, a deeper understanding of what uh, investigative journalism is, what kinds of investigative journalism uh, is done in around the world, and uh, what happens to the journalists as well, okay? So what are some of the uh, common investigative journalism topics that we usually read? Number one is social phenomena. So uh, this will be investigative journalism looking at cases of racism, looking at issues that involve minority groups, or looking at gender issues, anything in regards to the society, how do they work, what's going on. This will be what uh, investigative journalists look at in terms of social phenomena. Um, apart from that, we also have environmental issues. So this can be pollution. Now, uh, this year we've seen a lot of issues with uh, uh, what do you call it, the river pollution in Slango. So there have been a lot of reports written and then our water supplies was uh, disrupted. So if let's say I am a... Uh, the newspaper organization, what I would want to do is probably organize a 
investigative a team of investigative journalists to look at why do these environmental issues happen? Is there something else that's been going on? Is there a larger uh, role that is uh, being played by certain groups of uh, people, or so on and so forth? Okay. Of course, apart from uh, water pollution, we also have our haze, our annual haze. So that is uh, something that uh, you can see a lot of people doing investigative journalism about as well. Okay. Uh, apart from that, we also have crisis of governance. So this relates to a lot of corruption, corruption on various stages uh, in various governments, whether it is at the local stage, such as the council, or it is at the state level, or it is at the national or federal level. So investigative journalists will be looking at whether uh, politicians or whether our executive branch or whether uh, issues like the police or various other entities, are they involved in any manners of corruption? Okay, Are they uh, conducting themselves correctly? Apart from that, we also uh, look into globalization impacts. So a good example of this would be labor exploitation issues. Um, a lot of times we are so happy with getting a lot of items on sale and items made so cheaply in places such as China and Vietnam uh, that sometimes we forget that the labor uh, that is being tasked to actually uh, create these products are actually uh, disenfranchised or are actually being abused. So they're not given proper living wages, they're giving very cheap wages and that is why you know, your products that you get, such as your branded shirts and sneakers and so on and so forth, are so cheap, all right? It's because there's labor exploitation. Uh, apart from that, we also look at things such as uh, child labor uh, being, uh, what I call that, being forced, you know, children being forced to work at this kind of shops as well that creates t-shirts and so on and so forth. So this is quite a prevalent issue. Uh, globalization is supposed to help everybody or it's supposed to uh, help uh, various communities but it looks like that's not happening okay and we uncover the, the darker side of, of things uh, this is particularly uh, what do you call that uh, obvious uh, or apparent for us as well because recently there is uh, particular companies in Malaysia which has been uh, flagged by other companies such as the UK uh, for labor exploitation issues. All right, so another one would be frauds or offshore funds. This is where for investigative journalists, the mantra of following the money trail uh, comes into play. So there are sometimes uh, what you can hear such as Macau scams, uh, your money games and so on and so forth. Uh, there are also uh, a lot of various individuals who put uh, funds in offshore places, in places in other countries where they don't have taxes, uh, where they uh, enjoy a level of secrecy and so on and so forth. The problem is that this kind of money sometimes are used to uh, not just evade tax, but also used to be laundered for other uh, criminal uh, usages. Okay. Uh, apart from that, we also have human trafficking. So this is a major uh, what do you call that? Uh, things that has happened in terms of uh, globalization as well, and a lot of journalists in various countries actually try and look at these issues of human trafficking. Uh, Malaysia is not exempted from it as well, sadly. Uh, other than that, we also look at sports. 
So uh, there are a level, uh, some levels of corruption in certain sports or match fixing and so on and so forth. So that will be a common investigative journalist topic. Sometimes it also involves uh, cover-ups of uh, particular, uh, what do you call that, impacts uh, in sports. Okay. And finally, of course, uh, terrorism. So that would be another common investigative journalism uh, topic that is being uh, covered. Now, let's move on to some of the examples that you uh, may have seen or you may have known about investigative journalists. One of the popular ones would be the Watergate scandal. Now, Watergate uh, scandal is known as one of the biggest political scandals in the US history at that particular point of time. All right. Um, and this started from a burglary at the DNC, the Democratic National Convention office. And then journalists who covered it in the beginning, um, it wasn't very big news. It was just uh, five to six people who went into this particular political uh, office and then they tried to sort of steal something, steal some secrets. But as they later on, as they followed uh, these trails, uh, Carl Bernstein and also Bob Woodward from the Washington Post, what happened was that through a series of investigations and also through a whistleblower, they were able to uncover that uh, the uh, office of the uh, president at that point of time, Nixon, uh, was looking at various uh, illegal ways to try and make sure that he gets re-elected the second time for the second term. Now, this particular uh, investigative journalism is very important because it actually led to a president who had to resign. Uh, if not, he would have faced impeachment, which is being removed from the White House. Of course, unfortunately, this is uh, very much different compared to what America has been going through in the recent years. All right, moving on to the next one is the Panama Papers. Now, the Panama Papers is actually a collection of about 11.5 million files of uh, tax documents from a particular offshore law firm called uh, Mossack Fonseca. And Mossack is actually based in Panama. So this particular uh, collection of files was actually obtained anonymously uh, by a German newspaper and they actually shared it with the International Consortium of Investigative Journalism, ICIJ. If you're interested, you can go and look at ICIJ, you can look at the work they do. And uh, when the Panama Papers came out, uh, it actually caused a lot of stir because uh, we actually have three sons of our three former Prime Ministers and other notable VVIPs listed who were using this uh, particular offshore law firm to actually put their monies offshore, all right? So uh, you can go and look at the reporting. You can go and look at the articles that came out. You can go and look at uh, some of the interesting individuals that were uh, mentioned in the uh, report itself. Uh, it is also important to highlight that this was done with a team of people to go through all of the documents and it took them uh, quite a while as well. So moving on, of course, it will be our local uh, one MDB. I think a lot of our uh, students will already know about this particular uh, investigative journalism. Uh, it is important to note that uh, actually it was in 2015 where British journalist uh, Claire Castle brown from Sarah Report actually received the leaked documents, about 227,000 of them. And the Wall Street Journal was also given the same particular uh, documents. And from there, the investigation, investigation started the blog writing started and various, and then uh, it developed into what we know uh, today. 
Okay, so I won't go so much into it. Uh, you can read through it as well. Uh, but also remember that the one MDB is considered one of the most uh, complex uh, scandal actually in terms of uh, finances. All right. Uh, moving on to another one. This is uh, quite interesting. Uh, I'm not sure whether you are aware of it, but uh, this is known as the Wang Kalian uh, mass grave uh, uh, discovery. Okay, so in March 2015, uh, they actually discovered illegal immigrant transit camps and mass graves in Wang Kalian Police. All right, and uh, after a investigation and after uh, some operations, actually, they uncovered 130 skeletal remains. So this means about 130 people actually died there at that particular transit camp, you know, and they were just buried in mass graves. So this was a two-year investigation uh, by journalists involved. This was in Malay Mail and also uh, New Straits Times. I definitely encourage you to spend some time to read up some of the articles and to see, especially from the journalist's point of view, how did they actually uh, track down, how they actually try and find out where was this location, what was going on. Uh, there's also a Royal uh, Commission of Inquiry that's ongoing, if I'm not mistaken, that you can read about you know, uh, in the development of the case. Okay, but do, do give this a look. This is quite... Um, quite shocking but it also shows uh, an important side of Malaysia that we often take for granted okay that's often hidden from the public view so moving on um, apart from these examples uh, what uh, I feel are important components of investigative journalism can be divided into three so number one actually you need a particular whistleblower you need somebody to actually provide uh, crucial info this is especially important if the information is not available directly to you if you cannot search for the archives and this is usually provided anonymously but having that information doesn't doesn't guarantee everything because you then have to go and investigate and validate the info so you as a journalist have to do a lot of legwork and it will take time for you to ensure that whatever you put in later on the article is actually correct factually and also uh, is actually legally correct as well uh, the other final component that I think is important in investigative journalism is the public. Because without the members of the public who act and vote based on the information that they see uh, from investigative uh, journalist reports, uh, there is basically no uh, traction to what uh, journalists are doing if they don't do that. Uh, investigative journalists are very crucial parts of a democratic system without them providing information that these are the scandals that are happening, these are the things that are happening in the government, these are the things that are um, you know, um, pushing out certain minority uh, groups, these are the things that are disenfranchising certain groups of people. Without uh, us as voters knowing about this thing that's happening, we then get uh, our democracy doesn't work as well. All right. So, uh, of course, there are some challenges to uh, investigative journalism all right uh, number one is a high amount of workload or time now journalists are given a high amount of daily workload so investigative journalism in news organizations are usually set aside according to specific special groups so they need a team of journalists to actually go and handle a investigative uh, journalism issue you can't really do it on your own okay there are some journalists who attempt to do it on their own as well but usually these are quite senior journalists and they're given the time and the space to actually try it out 
uh, oftentimes it's actually quite difficult because you have your daily workload that you need to complete by a certain period of time and so on and so forth. Okay. Problem that is media ownership. So uh, media owners actually need to support the effort. You know, they actually need to provide financial, technical, and ethical support to actually make sure that investigative journalists who go out and do this work are protected as much as they can. Uh, without media owners' uh, support, it's actually very difficult uh, to get things done. Because number three, there's a lot of risk. So media entities that have done investigative uh, journalists, journalism and also investigative journalists actually face a lot of legal attacks uh, on their investigative reports sometimes, uh, especially when uh, people in power would not want this kind of information to be out or would not or want people to uh, accept this information and so on and so forth. So usually when their uh, uh, interests are being uh, threatened, they would then you know, initiate all these uh, legal attacks. Uh, of course, sometimes this risk also includes personal ones as well, uh, risk to personal safety. So this is not something that you can just go out and try, okay? Because uh, this involves a lot of planning, this involves a lot of uh, understanding of risk, this involves a lot of preparation, and all the other things that uh, ensue. Um, it is quite unfortunate and quite sad that there are a number of uh, good investigative journalists that uh, uh, had faced personal dangers because of uh, trying to put or trying to be uh, trying to put a check and balance on power. Okay. Uh, then moving on, how to write. So, um, uh, I have to say first, you know, um, you can you can look at investigative journalism. Uh, these are some guidelines of how to write, uh, basically similar to how to write uh, good uh, news stories. Uh, but again, I want to put a caveat to say that if you are to go to go out and to try out investigative journalism, you do need a lot of preparation time. Uh, you do need a lot of uh, discussions as well. So it's not something that you can take very lightly. All right. But if, let's say, uh, further on in your career, you're very much interested, how do you write? First, you find your story. So again, you know, you got to know what's going on in your community. You got to read some uh, reports. You got to look at what are possible abuses of power. As long as we open up our eyes, we, be, uh, we have empathy to those that's happening around us, we will be able to find that story. Then comes the process of trying to hunt for the documents. You need documents, you need that paper trail, you need that money trail, right? You need to save it up, you need to organize it as well because you need to go through. If not, you can't actually just write something just because you feel like it. Then uh, finding source. So this would be quite challenging, especially for investigative journalists. Uh, sometimes the witnesses or participants or victims will not want to be interviewed. So this would be the challenging part. But if you do manage to get somebody, prepare your interview. Uh, also think about how uh, which level of protection needs to be given to them especially if they are participants especially if they are whistleblowers and so on and so forth then we'll be writing the story so uh, after you've gotten all of the information this is time to draft it out you check the structure a lot of times with investigative journalism the amount of information is a lot so again you want to avoid putting an info dump so what you want to do is you want to Make sure that you have time to actually analyze everything and put in a structure that your readers can follow. Then finally is uh, edit your story. So polish your story, polish your article, get an editor to check through it and ensure all facts are correct before it is actually sent for publication. 
Okay, so uh, I'm gonna end this uh, lecture with a very quick quote by uh, Bill Kompak and uh, Tom Rosenstel from The Elements of Journalism. The purpose of journalism is not defined by technology nor by journalists or the techniques the, that they employ. Rather, the principle and purpose of journalism are defined by something more basic, which is the function, news, play, and the lives of people. Investigative journalism is important. Um, news that comes out from this uh, crucial work plays a role in the lives of people and in the lives of countries as well. So although it's difficult, it is important to have um, the space and the uh, resources to actually do this. All right, so that's it. Uh, that's the end of the lecture. I hope that this has been quite helpful for you. Uh, again, please look through the PowerPoint. And if you have any questions, please write it down and we can discuss it, uh, discuss, uh, it further on uh, during the lecture. All right. Thank you.